following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Basketball Society. What's going on, everybody? This is Alex Fishbein back again with you on the Atlantic Files. As always, brought to you by BasketballSocietyOnline.com and by the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. Now, before we get into this, if you are looking to better your skills in the game of basketball, if you are looking to become a better basketball player, if you're looking to make your middle school, high school, college, whatever kind of team you're trying to make, maybe you're even just trying to get better in your rec league uh, because you know you don't really want to play high school, you don't want to play college, whatever it may be, make sure you check out Basketball Society Elite Training. Our own Martin Sores is the lead coach in our training sessions. Uh, you work with him directly. He works with you one-on-one. Gives you a lot of different drills, a lot of different looks, and really puts you in a position to better yourself and better your mindset in accordance with the sport of basketball. So, Make sure you check that out. Just go to the website, basketballsocietyonline.com. You'll find a link there for the elite training. Or you can always hit us up on Twitter and you can hit Martin up directly. So definitely give that a look if you're trying to get better at the sport of basketball. Now, we're back. After a multitude of health problems and some personal issues, we're back. We're not going to talk about that kind of, uh, about that stuff. We're just going to leave that on the back burner. So let's just jump into what has been going on because there has been a postseason going on while I've been away. And now we are just getting into the conference finals because they are now officially set. Uh, the game that just happened just before I jumped on the microphone here was the Sixers and Celtics in Game 5 happening in Boston came down to the very, very end of the game, and Boston snuck away with a 114-112 win when Joel Embiid did have a look at a layup to tie the game with, I believe it was under 10 seconds left in the game. Um, Now, when you watch the replay of it, you can say that Aaron Baines fouled him. Um, he did slap him. It looked like he slapped him across the arms as he was going up. 
Uh, he wasn't, you know, straight up and down, so the verticality rule kind of goes out the window. But in the playoffs, that kind of thing is never going to get called anyway. So for those people that are probably saying, oh, it should have been called, should have been called, that no call, you know, screwed them out of the series. Well, no, the other three games that they lost screwed them out of the series. Not that one call in that one game of a best out of seven series. So while it may have been a bad call, oh, well, you should have, you know, played better in... I mean, first off, the Sixers should have won at home in Game 3. They blew so many opportunities. They had some terrible, terrible mistakes down the stretch. And Boston capitalized on it because that's the kind of team they are. They're a team that will capitalize on any kind of mistake you make. And they pushed the ball so fast after turnovers that they create mismatches on the fly. And that's pretty much what destroyed the Sixers is that they just kept creating mismatches and creating mismatches. Um, and the Sixers just couldn't recover from it. There, I, Of course, there were a lot of times where Brett Brown created the mismatch on his own by matching up guys, you know, in game one where you had Redick on Tatum. Um, that right there is just a disaster waiting to happen. And it was a disaster. Um, and the, the, one of the big things that the Celtics did was as soon as they figured out who Bellinelli was covering, they attacked him every single time, no matter who it was, even if it was, uh, uh, Marcus Smart, who really isn't known as a shooter or anything. Um, if Bellinelli was on him, he was attacking him. And it was working like, I would say, 99% of the time. Uh, Bellinelli, pretty much, if he wasn't hitting a shot, which he wasn't in most of the games of this series, he really had no business being on the court at all because he was just tissue paper on defense. I mean, he was either giving up a bucket or fouling and then giving up two free throws. So... I mean, there there really was no room on the court for him. They knew how to expose him, which Miami did not. Um, he wasn't shooting anywhere close to as hot as he was in the Miami series. In uh, Also, in terms of that, neither was Arisan Ilyasova. But Ilyasova at least gave you hustle plays. Uh, he gave you some decent defensive plays. He was taking charges as usual and could find a spot for himself on the court. Um Covington lost his starting spot in game four uh, to prevent the sweep they threw in TJ McConnell, which probably should have been done at least a game earlier, um, because especially in game three, uh, which was the game that Ben Simmons dropped only one point in the entire game, anytime that TJ McConnell came in, the Sixers seemed to go on a run. Uh, he would push the ball. He was the only guy on the team, really, that could take someone off the dribble and to the hole. Ben Simmons was not taking anybody off the dribble. As soon as he tried to, the help defenders were always there. Uh, Joel Embiid was, I mean, he put up some decent stats, but he was taking tons and tons and tons of shots. Uh, and outside of McConnell, the best guy on the Sixers was Dario Saric who still in the first two games was not good, but 
turned it around 180 degrees and played very, very well from Game 3 on. Uh, But the Celtics had a great game plan. They have the coach of the year who, yes, I think should be coach of the year um, in Brad Stevens who really knew how to exploit every single weakness the Sixers had. The only time he kind of got caught off guard was that game four when they threw TJ McConnell in, but I don't think it was really much of a strategic loss by Brad Stevens. I don't think he got out coached. I just think that TJ McConnell presented that passion, that hunger that the rest of the Sixers team needed, so they feed it off of that. So there really is no strategy against the hunger to win. That's why a a lot of the greats that we have seen have won as much as they do. There's not much of a game plan against a guy like Michael Jordan, who is literally living and breathing to try and beat you. There's not much of a game plan to... To, to nullify Kobe Bryant because he will find a way to beat you. There's not a way to shut LeBron James completely down because he has that hunger, that fight, that lion inside of him that will, you know, put him above the, the team that is trying to game plan against him. Now, yes, Ben Simmons is rookie, so I'm not really expecting, you know, an MVP LeBron type of season. I'm not expecting an MVP Michael Jordan type of season or an MVP Kobe Bryant type of season. I'm not expecting any of that out of Ben Simmons. I am expecting this. This is what I was expecting because youth does not win in the NBA. Like, everyone got caught up in the hype so much of the Sixers that everyone forgot what they were saying about the Timberwolves last season. They forgot what they were saying about a lot of the younger teams that we've seen in the last two, three decades. Youth does not win in the NBA. A team that is led by a rookie and a second-year, technically second-year player is not going to win you a ring. It's just not going to happen. This is their first playoff run ever. And everyone was already throwing the finals expectations on them. There was even people who acted like this season was a bust if they lose to the Celtics, which is just outrageous. A lot of people didn't even expect them to get anywhere close to this far. I know I expected them to get 38 wins. Sure, some people got a little hasty and, and just randomly threw out there like, oh, they're going to get 48 wins or whatever. But nobody expected them to just wipe the floor with their first round playoff opponent. No one expected them to come into the second, the semifinal, the conference semifinals and already have finals expectations placed upon their heads. Nobody expected that. So, if you catch yourself thinking this season is a bust for the Sixers, you're wrong. Now, let's go to the Celtics. If you think that this team is going to win the finals, you really need to pump the brakes. 
Yes, they are playing very, very well. Yes, they just have been outperforming every expectation. Yes, Brad Stevens is a great coach. Terry Rozier is showing to be, you know, a very, very skilled point guard. Al Horford doing Al Horford things. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, two great young players, potential stars. That's not going to beat LeBron. I, I like, there's a lot of folks that think that they can really, really compete. I think they'll get swept. Maybe I'll give them one win. You know, I, I was saying, I, I was saying Cavs in five for a while. So I'll say Cavs in five. Now, uh, just to let everybody know, I've had, I had the Cavs making the finals in the first place uh, a while ago. Uh, you can even see on our playoff round tables that I have the Cavs representing the East in the finals. So this isn't new. This isn't like, oh, I changed my mind because I thought someone else was going to make the finals. I thought the Raptors, you know, could challenge them. And obviously I was way off with that. I, I put a whole lot of trust in the Raptors because of the new look offense and, you know, how they were playing throughout the whole season and the kind of changes that Dwayne Casey was making. But I was wrong. A lot of people were wrong because a lot of people put trust in the Raptors. And that's that. But with the Celtics, a team who also has notoriously has lost to LeBron, especially in the playoffs, and LeBron has kind of beaten them with, with an ease. Other than, I mean, he didn't beat the original uh, Boston Big Three with e Well, I shouldn't say original, but the, the Boston Big Three with uh, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett. He didn't beat them with ease, but the, after that, once they broke up, he's been beating them with ease. And now you mean to tell me that all of a sudden the Celtics are going to beat him without any kind of current all-star, superstar, whatever, with two young guys who could be potential stars, Jason Tatum, I mean, is looking like a potential superstar, but he's a rookie. You're telling me they're going to beat LeBron with those two, Al Horford and Terry Rozier. Look, they're a fun team. They've been really fun to watch. I really like their team, and I really like the way they play. Their defense is great. They do really have a great defense. But this is LeBron we're talking about. The arguable greatest player of all time in his 15th season raising his skill yet again. The guy who is coming off of a series where he averaged 34 points, 8 rebounds, and 11 assists a game, and 2 steals a game. Shooting 55% from the floor. And on top of that, so he had like 45 assists. Um, he had a total of 136 points and only eight turnovers through four games. Oh, and he also averaged one block a game. Yeah, this man is otherworldly. On top of that, you got Kevin Love returning to the form everyone's expecting him to. He 
averaged 20 and 11. Kyle Korver started hitting shots again. He shot 56% from three in that series. He was averaging 14.5 points per game. J.R. Smith was hitting shots. Jeff Green even put up 12 a game. George Hill, 10 a game. I mean, yes, the Raptors and the Celtics are completely different teams. The Celtics have a do have a much better defense than the Raptors. But, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but LeBron. I mean, that that's like all, like, you don't even have to say anything other than that. You don't even have to say, uh, well, they can run this set or they can run this set. No. LeBron. It's going to be very, very tough for the Celtics. It is. And like I said, I'll probably give them one game at home. They've been very, very good at home. Uh, they've actually been... I believe they have been 7-0 and at home for the post this postseason. So they've been, they've been good. So, you know, I'd give them one. But I've tried to count LeBron out many, many times, and I just can't do it anymore. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I just cannot see this Celtics team without Kyrie Irving and without Gordon Hayward beating LeBron. Our own Martin Soares put it puts it very well by saying the only person who can beat a monster is a monster. He thinks that the only person in the East that can beat LeBron is Kyrie Irving. So if Kyrie Irving was still playing, yes, I would give these Celtics a chance, more than a chance. I'd give them a, a like a really really good chance of beating LeBron. Without him? Nah. Nah. Not even if they had Hayward, to be completely honest. But, so you look at the, the, the people who have beaten LeBron. You know, Tim Duncan and the Spurs, twice, with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Dirk. And... Uh, oh, sorry, the the Warriors, so Steph Curry. These guys are all probably going down as Hall of Famers. Well, I mean, definitely Tim Duncan. Uh, the, the jury's still out on Kawhi Leonard, especially after this uh, crazy season um, with a whole lot of question marks. Steph Curry's going to be going down as the greatest shooter of all time. These guys are monsters. Who could beat another monster? There is not a guy, not a single guy on the Celtics right now that LeBron would even like sneeze at. I mean, when he looks at the roster, there's so many young guys. There's all, 
a, a lot of guys that, yeah, sure, you're in a great system with, with Brad Stevens and stuff, but that doesn't mean you're primed to make a finals run in the NBA. But, let, I mean, hey, like I said, I, I'm not, I'm really not trying to rip on the Celtics. I'm just saying, even even if the Sixers were here, I would probably give them, I'd probably say it's a sweep, maybe one game. Even though the Sixers, I think, match up better with the Cavs. I would still only give them one game, at the most. But, so let's say, let, let's just go out on a limb. Say they do beat the Cavs. Does anybody really see them beating the Rockets or the Warriors? Because, yes, the Cavs have their issues on defense. They've had their defensive issues for, I mean, the last few seasons, even when they had Kyrie and everything. But the Warriors usually have a top defense. The Rockets have had a decent defense as well. Actually, James Harden has had his highest defensive rating of any postseason at 102. He's also leading the post, leading everyone in the postseason in steals. And they got a guy named Chris Paul now too. So, while it would be amazing to see the Celtics make a trip to the finals, it would be crazy to see them beat LeBron. But once they get to the finals, man, that would be rough. Rough. Because I don't see the Rockets or the Warriors going cold for four games. Just don't see it. And they would be running free. <laughs> I mean, really running free. There's just matchup nightmares all over the place. But... Let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's going to be a fun series, I think. I still think each game is going to be competitive. Like, I don't think it's going to be a blowout sweep or a blowout uh, gentleman sweep by the Cavs. I think they're really going to have to work. It's going to be a whole lot of work. But the Cavs will still prevail in the end. Um, just to touch on the Raptors real quick, uh, because I really just skimmed over them like they were nothing. Even though, I mean, hey, they kind of played like nothing. Now, it's kind of tough because we expect the Raptors to, you know, better themselves each season. And each season it's like, will they get over the hump? Will they get over the hump? It's tough because that getting over the hump is LeBron. Like, there were plenty of teams when Michael Jordan was around that were great teams but could never beat Michael Jordan. Like, we're talking about, like, the, the, the Utah Jazz with Carl Malone and John Stockton. They couldn't beat Michael Jordan in the finals. We're talking about those Knicks teams with Patrick Ewing and everyone. They couldn't beat Michael Jordan. I mean, there are great teams in each era that the defining player of that era ends up beating every single time. And really what happens is that you just got good at the wrong time. It sucks. <laughs> I mean, it does. It really, really sucks. I, I can tell you that uh, Sixers fans I know that were back, that were fans back in, uh, well, that were around back in the 
70s and 80s. It sucked until they got that finals. Because all they had to do was sit around and and just watch as uh, the Trailblazers beat them in the finals in the 70s. Um, and then right after that, once they got Dr. J and everybody, the Lakers were winning or the Celtics were winning. And then they finally broke through and it like it made it it made that finals win that much sweeter because they were, you know, getting beat by all these great teams for so long. That kind of thing just happens like Kobe has beaten some great teams. Kobe and Shaq beat great teams. That Sacramento Kings team in the early 2000s with Chris Webber, Peja Stojakovic in them. Those were good, good teams. I mean, even they beat the the Celtics big three, who at that point could have won multiple rings instead of just one. These defining players will beat good teams. And hey, for Raptors fans, I mean... You guys can either, you know, go back to old Raptors days where you're just not even making playoffs and you're just kind of treading water in the lottery. Or you can have these days where you have some great regular seasons. You know, you're really playing well against good teams. You at least make it out of the first round of the playoffs and then you face LeBron and you, you know, you cheer your butt off because you want to see it happen, but you just fall short. I know from a fan's perspective that you know, you would rather still make the playoffs and at least have a chance to go be in the playoff atmosphere, whether you lose or whether you win or lose. Like, no fan wants to endure the kind of tanking seasons that the Sixers fans did. No fan wants that. Sure, they want the fruition of it, the fruits of it, but they don't want to actually sit through those seasons. Trust me. I did it. <laughs> I still remember being in college and, and, and you know, in basketball discussions. As soon as someone found out I was a fan of a tanking team, they're like, you don't know basketball. Just because my the, the team I was rooting for was tanking. And they only won 10 wins in a season. Nobody wants that. So while a lot of people will sit there and make their jokes on the Raptors, Raptors fans, you just got to revel in the kind of season your team keeps having. You guys keep breaking franchise records in the last few years. Now, Dwayne Casey might get fired. They're going to have to start looking for a new coach. But hey, maybe you do find that. Maybe, maybe, (coughs) excuse me. Maybe it happens like the the Warriors where Mark Jackson kept knocking on the door, knocking on the door. Steve Kerr came in and broke the door. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe you'll find that coach that'll break that door for you. But maybe you just got to pray that LeBron James retires soon and you're still good at that point in time. There's a a lot of different things that could happen. But that's it for me, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Atlantic Files. I appreciate you guys for sticking around with me, uh, going through all the issues that I had to, you know, finally get another episode out. I will be back with you guys next week. We're getting back to that weekly schedule, so I'll be back with you guys. We'll definitely be talking more of this postseason. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check out basketballsocietyonline.com and the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. I'll catch you guys next week. Peace.